uh, now. Yo, welcome back everybody to Breeze Shooters, where the show that brings you news, sports, poker, and everything in between. I'm your host, Lou, joined by the most, and uh, I got my very good friend, Christian, who's, I don't know, it looks like he's trying to comb a beard that hasn't filled in yet. But, but, but I, what you do is, it's, it's about conditioning. I'm conditioning my beard so when, I, when it's really big, I could, you know, he, he's already used to me combing it. You see what I'm doing right here? See what I'm doing right here? No, That's no, the motion, Lewis. No, no. All you're doing is stretching out those white hairs, Papa. You know what? I was told by a very, 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 very beautiful woman that the white hairs is uh, distinguished. It's a sign of being distinguished. Okay. All right. I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm happy she said that because I got, I got a few. Experience, experience, experience counts, Lou. Experience counts. It does count, brother. How you doing, Chris? How's everything? I, I, I see that you posted a, a couple of pictures today online. You were biking around town. Oh, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful day here in uh, the infected NYC. So okay. I decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let me put on my mask. Let me put on my and get on my bike and and uh, and try to. Uh, uh, exercise the the knees a little bit, you know, and uh, it was pretty good. I, I almost died, but I didn't. But then I did it. You're a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was interesting about it is because, let me tell you, Chris, leaving New York, one of the things or one of the sights that I miss seeing on a daily basis is the Verrazano Bridge. That bridge is just. To me, it's beautiful. It is. It really is. It's a beautiful bridge. Day or night. Day or night. And one of my all-time favorite things to do was to do the bike trail on Staten Island. You do the bike trail. You start at the Fort Wadsworth Army Base, and you ride up through the Army Base, and it takes you right underneath the Verrazano Bridge. And it's, it's an amazing view. You get this win, and then... The, the, the awesome thing about it is that once you hit the peak of that hill, it's downhill and it takes you straight into South Beach. Uh, you know, the nightclub right on the beach. It takes South you on that bike beautiful. strip right through there and you can take that long all the way to Midland Beach. What a ride. It's a beautiful ride. If you've wow. never done it, it's worth it. Jump on the, um, go across the Brooklyn Bridge, take the ferry across and just ride up Bay Street. And that leads you right into Fort Wadsworth Army Base. And then you follow that trail through South Beach. Chris, you would not be disappointed. What a beautiful ride. And it's not a strenuous ride. It's pretty, it's pretty flat. The hardest part is when you're on Fort Wadsworth, there's a, there's a big hill going up to the Verrazano Bridge. But once you go down, it's smooth. I don't care. Well, you, you know, I, I, I'm concerned. You know, I don't, I don't want to put Lou, you up. Lou, my life is hills, nigga. Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. That's, you don't, you don't, can you, get a full, can you, can you get a full thing? You don't, okay, here we go. You don't get these in CVS, Lord. You got to work for these bad boys. You understand? Oh, look at the fucking thing. Where do you go? That's what I'm talking about. 99 cent stores? 
no, no, no. You got to work for those. You got to work for those. You don't. You can't buy them at CVS, Dwayne Reed, and all these stores. You know, you got to work. So a little hill here, here, and there, and you forget where the fuck I'm from. I'm from La Isla, man. Yeah, it's all hills. But I, I know you weren't bike riding over there. Yo, Chris. Skateboards. <laughs> Up the hill. Chris, really excited today, man. We got a special guest today. When I say special, special guest. How he special, is, Lou? How, it, how he's a product special. from Sunset Park. Product from Sunset Park. He's Woo! a 15-year uh, military vet. He's uh, New York City's finest. He's a police officer. And on wow. top of all that, Chris, he's an actor, an established actor. The guy's appeared on The Blacklist, on Power, on Gotham. On the, um, he's been in the mysteries of Laura. He's been on Blue Bloods, another uh, crime mystery with the wow. Warner Brothers. As good as dead, and he's also appeared in the movies Broken Heart and Forty Four Reels. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He's gonna be with Bree Shooter soon. Yo, Chris, you told me to step Ooh. up. I, I, I went. I started calling people. I was about to tell you, Lou. You, you, you really listen. I, all this time, I'm thinking I'm carrying. I said, you really, you took the load here, man. Pause, you know, no homo. No, listen, they got in my money so they burned my black books. <laughs> Another little black <laughs> I saw a picture of your mom. Yes, that's my mom. That's my mom. Yep. Wow, God bless, man. Yeah, I saw a picture of your mom. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I, I want to get into something, you know, uh, you know, now that we, that I saw, that I say that I saw a picture of your mom. Uh, so I, you know, I posted a picture. I don't, as you can see, I'm not really active on Facebook as before, you know. So, so I put a picture of, you know, listen, I'm out here, I'm bike riding, you know. And uh, I love it. I'm gonna tell you why I love, Lou. I love when a simple picture of myself brings out the haters. Chris, it's like a pebble in the ocean. It's a ripple effect. <laughs> How far that ripple goes? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, and 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 uh, of course, listen. Everybody knows I'm I'm husky. You know, everybody knows I got I got I got you know I'm a, I got a couple of layers. We call that thick bone. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm big bone, big bone. So, uh. Uh, uh, my cousin, he 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 always likes to take shots. Oh yeah, I I saw that. Chris. I wasn't gonna say anything, but I saw that. I was like, wow. I said the guy put up a really nice photo, and and you're coming out <laughs> beautiful. The sun. You should be happy. You should him. Keep it going, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see, there's 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 people, and then there's people, and then there's other types of people. Uh -huh. So let me sip on this before I get into what I'm about to say. Okay. <laughs> So he decides to, you know, throw a little jab, a subtle jab. The problem, if you know me and Lou, you know me very well, uh, friends for over 20 years. If you take a shot at me, um, even if it's subtle or slight jab, you know, something simple, you got to be prepared for the barrage that's coming at you. Chris, and with this platform, it's the worst thing. It's the freaking worst thing. <laughs> so, um, as I get into it, he said something about uh, poor bike, referring to 
my weight was too much for the bike. That's the way I'm taking it. And listen, you know, a scale from one to 10, a funny scale from one to 10, that's a two. You kind of come at me, you got to come at me correct. And if you're funny, you probably won't even get a response because you're funny, you know. But when you take such a, when you make such a weak attempt at my character, at my person, I got to get at you. Now, uh, let me describe to you, because you've met him on the phone. Uh You've probably seen a couple of pictures, maybe. I don't know. But my cousin Milton, he is of, he is legally, legally under the parameters of, 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 of the law, I guess. He is legally a, a, a grown person. But it's, you know how, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is like the, the, the parameters of uh, what's the PC way of calling midgets midgets? Is there a PC way or midgets is fine? No, dwarfs, small people. Dwarfs. I like dwarfs. Small people is like belittling. I don't, I don't like that one. But dwarfs, I'm going to go with dwarfs. So he's just a tad over dwarf parameter. Wow. So um, if, if, if you notice, if you know, if you go to his page, um all his pictures are from 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 the breast up <laughs> if he moves that camera just a couple of inches it catches his whole body you know uh-huh. he sit, he's the type of person he sits on a chair on a on a normal chair and his feet you know <laughs> wow yeah yeah you know and, but i don't make fun of that because i i'll be i'll be honest with you i was worried uh i don't want to make small i don't like to make fun of midgets because they sorry dwarfs uh um so i didn't know if i was really crossing the line i don't not for him but for the other little people <laughs> thing is uh, uh, it was funny because one time I go up there, I, I go to visit him. This was like 10 years ago. So he goes, yo, Chris, let's go to the store, whatever, whatever. We go to the store. So I get into, start getting into his car. So when I get in his car, I notice there's like two telephone books Chris, on the driver's seat. Chris, shut up. Listen, look. Chris, shut up. I, let, Chris, you are, you're trying, lying to me right now. I'm I'm not. I'm not. Telephone books? You know, the, the yellow the, pages. The, the yellow pages, white pages? Yes, but it was two yellow pages. There was no white. It was two yellow pages. So he stole somebody's book. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he did. Oh, but, and 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 if I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you. If I didn't see the books, the telephone books, Lewis... Hey, From Chris, the outside look, Chris. I'm sorry, J, JW is joining us. Let's go, let's go, let's go. JW, what's up, brother? JW, how you doing, sir? How's everything? I am, I'm great, man. It's really good to see you. It's been a long time, brother. Oh, very long time, very long time. 
Give me one second. Let me give you the, the proper intro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have J.W. Cortez, as I mentioned earlier. He's uh, from Sunset Park. He's a 13-year he's a military veteran. He's appeared. He's also an actor and a singer. He's appeared on shows like Blacklist, Power, Gotham, The Mystery of Laura, Blue Bloods, As Good As Dead. And he's also appeared in movies Broken Heart and 44 Real. Your brother, that is a very impressive resume. Very impressive. And don't forget the most important thing, Boricua. That's oh, right. <laughs> Come on, man. That's right. Boricua oh. de pura cepa. De pura cepa. Oh. <laughs> hey, Judge, hey, listen, uh, Chris, first of all, in order to get JW on, I, I was stalking him. I was like, yo, it's getting freaky now. I'm, I'm sending this guy tweets i'm sending them emails he's just like a loser freaking weirdo a loser it's just, I, you know what it is like when me and chris started this platform here i said hey we got to make it about sunset park and we got to celebrate people from sunset park i said yeah. i hear so many good stories of folks from sunset park and why not give them the flowers when they're around why talk about people when they're past and 100%. I, I just feel like i told you on the text i really feel like you're an inspiration for young latinos um, you know, coming out of Sunset Park to see somebody like this doing it on the big stage as an inspiration. So, um, with that being said, uh, what are, what are some of your best uh, fond memories from Sunset Park? Let's start there. Um, well, can I can I first start off by saying that that was a, a hell of an introduction. It means a lot to me that you would you would say those things about me, um, especially because. You're, you're, you guys are some of the few people who, when I talk about Sunset Park and what it was, actually know what I'm talking about, oh, you know? Um, so it is nothing short of a miracle that I was able to, you know, I grew up on 49th Street, you know, mm -hmm. 49th Street, the NYPD had called Little Vietnam between 5th and 6th Avenue. That was a hot block. Yeah, the, the, hot, the block was hot, and we had a methadone clinic on it, and we had every drug being sold there. And, you know, so to come from that environment and, um, and to be doing what I'm doing today, you know, you don't get there by yourself. You get there with the love of your family and of your community and people like you who take the time to acknowledge what we're doing. So thank you, both of you, for, for bringing me on. Um, fondest memories of Sunset Park. You know, Sunset Park, when... I choose to think of the good, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we tend to do that when we, we're reminiscing. For me, I think about the hot summers and how every stoop on my block was packed with people. Oh, God. And music blasting out of people's windows who would pull the speakers up to their windows. <laughs> and we have these cement you know, front barbecue grills going, the little red and black joints. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the old timers playing the dominoes with the little cans of Budweiser. Oh, God. And um, kids everywhere playing up and down the block. And, you know, we were nothing but creative in making whatever we had in front of us, making it fun. So if, it, if that meant running through the fire escapes, playing off the wall, off the soup of the ball, um, right putting up a milk crate because you couldn't get to the park or just you name it. We came up with so many ways to have fun. And I, I really miss those days the most. Man, you did, you did such a wonderful job painting that picture. Let me tell you that, that encapsulates Sunset Park 
The only thing you missed was the fire hydrant running with the sprinklers and God. Oh. <laughs> la pompa, la pompa. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot. Right. Oh. I remember the old timers, man. They, you know, right before they pulled up, they're like, "Don't wet my car." <laughs> you, <know? Yeah. laughs> you always had that kid that was sitting in front of the sprinklers. He goes, "Oh no, you pass, you good." And the last second, <laughs> <you're laughs> great times, uh, man. Uh, I'm sorry, JW. Before I go forward, uh, my co-host is Chris Soto. I think he might have came into the neighborhood right after you were probably transitioning out, but he's a Sunset Park guy in, uh, at heart, and um, you, you'll see his character. You'll understand. <laughs> I was, you know what, the, the, the thing with me is I was, uh, I was, I was, I was born in Lutheran, uh, and but I was here in the Sunset Park till I was like six or seven years old. Then I head back to, I went back to Puerto Rico, then came back and came, was back and forth a lot. But yeah. uh, Sunset Park is 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 is, is 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 home. Sunset Park is home. Yeah, you know it's funny. People always ask me where I'm from when I do interviews or whatever, and you know I used to. Um, well, I still do it, but I do it with a lot more purpose now. But when they ask me, you know, it says you're from Brooklyn. I go, no, I'm, I'm from Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Right. I got thrown to Sunset Park. You know, <laughs> just to let people know. Uh, there's a distinction there. And then I say that, you know, we represent the nation of Brooklyn, right? Because I don't know what it is about the Brooklyn water, man, but it's just, you wear it like a badge of honor, you know? It's true. So, 100%. You see it more so in the state, and you just go to mm -hmm. other areas, and it's just that, that little level of confidence that it gives you. Um, so I know you, I remember you from the dungeon. I remember you uh, as a boxer from young. You used to go, and you were a tremendous athlete, by the way, because you would go do your thing in the boxing side and then go over to the other side and play basketball with us. And I used to look at my friends and say, he's got to get tired sooner or later. He's, he must have did it four or five rounds. <laughs> but uh, Athletic-wise, athletic-wise, Lou, is he, is he like me and him or like right here? Or, or I, 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 like athletic-wise? Totally. I think we're twins. <laughs> we're twinning, brother. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've been looking for you, man. Thank you, JW. Yes, I knew. <laughs> I knew I liked this guy, man. Damn, bro. True. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, the dungeon was. Um, so, for people who don't know, I guess we should tell them what the dungeon is, right? No, no, the dungeon is. It was a. Uh, uh, it's Sunset Park. The park itself. Um, there was a, a, a tremendous. I mean, a, just a gigantic pool. Uh, that was a public pool, you know, open to the entire neighborhood, and people from all over would come to that pool. And right before you went through the main gates of the pool, there were these uh, gym areas. One was converted into a boxing training gym, and then the other side had a basketball, um, full-court basketball gym inside of it. And so that that gym was referred to, you know, affectionately as the dungeon. And that's where everybody who had any sort of basketball game would go and, you know, you would play as if though it was like, you know, the final four. Yeah, mean, no, you didn't absolutely. want to get off that court. You did not want to lose. Do you remember that waiting list? That waiting list was like about a hundred names. So if you lost, you knew you were going home and you were done. Going home. Yeah, so you, you were afraid that the next guy who had next didn't have his five, and you're like, yo, man, you got your five? <laughs> if not, it was ready to go home and sit on a stoop if it was summertime. Uh, no, well, summertime, no. You the summer, you ball outside, but this is for the winter, where you didn't have any really activity going on. 
This is true. This is true. And I remember Lou always had, you always had that jump shot, man. You always had that jump shot. That was, but you, you know, yeah. Speed demon and you just didn't stop. Tremendous uh, defender. And you just had this amount of energy. I'm like, damn, where the hell this guy gets all this energy from? And um, I wish I knew where it went, man, because, you know, I'm a dad and (laughs) I'm a husband. And, and, you know, my wife just gives me a look sometimes. She's like, let me guess, you're tired, right? I'm like, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So let me tell you. So, JW, so what happened after high school? It was like, I saw you, uh, I guess, briefly, late 80s, early 90s. And then after that, I kind of, like, I didn't see you anymore. And naturally, I just assumed you moved out the neighborhood. Um, so what, what happened after high school? You went into the service or? Yeah, so I was, um, I fell in love with the arts in high school. Like, you know, really, I really, really enjoyed it. I was in, uh, I went to Lafayette High School yeah. in Bensonhurst. Uh-huh. And um, I did play some basketball there, but I was also, you know, discovering that I could sing a little bit. And um, I, I joined a choir, and it wasn't a chorus; it was a choir, and the the it was predominantly a, a black uh, choir. So you know, you just can't help but be affected, whether you know, in your soul or through your vocal training, to start feeling like you know, something starts working inside of you. So that's kind of what happened. And that's where I fell in love. And I met these, these other guys. And, and this was like 1991, uh, 92, 93. And uh, we formed an R&B group, you know, and we thought we were going to be the next Boys to Men, Joe to see. And, you know, we would, we would jump on the B train uh, and I would head back towards Sunset. They'd head back to Flatbush, Bed-Stuy. And on the entire train ride, we would perform for whoever was in the train car. We were very, I think about it now, we were very bold, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I knew we had something because everybody in the train car would stop, they would listen, and then they would break out into a huge applause. And we would do all the Boys to Men songs and Shy and all these other other, uh, things. And... um, Unfortunately, when that train did pull into Sunset, like I said, my block was pretty hot. Um, my older brother, who I idolized at the time, had a huge, huge, huge influence on me. My older brother came home from serving a lot of time in prison. He came home as a, a Latin king and was really pitching that in my ear about this nation of kings. And, mm-hmm. and he painted a picture. And so I, I thought that's what I was going to wind up doing. And at the strong urgence of my mother and father, they said, that's a gang. I don't care how you paint it, that's a gang, and you're not going to do that. We're, we're, you know, so they, they stood on top of me. They really kept me away. And um, I knew that I wasn't going to do well in college. Um, I wanted to pursue the arts, but didn't really know how. So I did the next best thing, man. I got the hell out of Sunset Park. I joined the Marine Corps. Um, and... Lo and behold, a few months after I joined, I got a letter from my girlfriend at the time. Um, she had print, not printed out, she cut out the front page. I think it was the Daily News or the New York Post. And it showed a string, a daisy chain of Latin Kings. And my brother was part of that daisy chain. And the, the FBI had arrested um, oh, wow. a lot of them. So I always remember that moment as an aha moment for me and saying, wow, I think I made the right decision here. Oh, wow. And um, 
that's why you didn't see me. And what I thought would be a quick little thing in and out of the service, um, because I didn't think that I would like being yelled at and, and being told what to do. I actually took a lot of this, you know, sense of park toughness that we're all ingrained with. Mm-hmm. And um, I did very well in the Marine Corps and I actually loved it a lot. So I wound up spending a lot more time than I thought I initially would. That's why you didn't see me. Good for you and thank you. Thank you for your service. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for, for serving. Uh, yeah. Um, believe me. Um, I've thought about it, but I don't think I'll, I'll pass basic training. They, 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 have, a, they have a weight restriction. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that you wouldn't make it through basic. It's just that those guys probably wouldn't stop liking you, man. The jokes are nice. They're like, why do we yell? Guys, don't we yell? Look at you. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> yeah. We're afraid, man. You're gonna expose. Oh my me. god! Yeah. No, but on a serious note, thank you, thank you for 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 serving this country. Uh, I I think people don't. I think people take that for granted. Um, and uh, it's 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 a huge step, a uh, huge commitment, and uh. It needs to be recognized and applauded. You know, I went to. It's funny because I, uh, I never, I never saw the appreciation until I went to San Antonio to visit uh, one of my daughters, and we went to SeaWorld. And before the show, there was there were two uh, servicemen. You know, two. I think they were Army or Navy, and they stopped, and everybody got up and started clapping like like they. You know, it was. Texas is big on 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 the people that no. serve. Yeah, and it it was it was, and that brought me like, wow, you know, I don't like we don't give these people uh, like we take them for granted. They're out there putting their lives. It might not be wartime, but it's always wartime. That's the that's what people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. So, on a serious no, note, thank you, thank you so much. Very welcome. Yeah, you know, I think that's why I'm so committed to some of these efforts. Um, you know, basically, I've used acting to get me into rooms, into hospitals, into wards like, you know, Walter Reed, Bethesda. I visit um, away from all the cameras and uh, nobody really ever knows when I show up down there. But, you know, because of acting, they get excited, right? They get excited that I'm showing up. Um, but I get more out of it than they do, you know, because I know what it's like. I'm not just an actor. Um, I'm not someone who, who's just, you know, coming from left field. I know what it's like to be 18 years old and to be told to fill out the last will and, you know, testament mm. and powers of attorney. Um, what do you have when you're 18 years old? I, I know what I had. I had a, I had a couple of hip hop CDs and R&B CDs, <laughs> you know, um, Maybe I got on Gumbo CD, a couple of jeans, you know, and that was it, you know. And I'm like, you know, you know, the Grand Combo's worth a lot. Mom, Dad, the Grand Combo's worth a lot. The Grand Combo's yes. worth a lot. It's worth a lot, you know. So, yeah, it's it's important, man. It's important that we take, you know, a minute our, uh, out, of, you know, out of our day just to, whenever we see someone, just say thank you because what 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 the service members essentially doing is they're signing a blank check. And they're telling the government, cash it whenever you want, any amount, yeah. including up to their life, whatever it takes, you know? And so, you know, I had to stick around the Marine Corps for a long time before I saw any, 
you know, combat, right? Um, had, it was almost 10 years when I finally was able to, you know, deploy overseas. Um, and that, that's another, that's another experience altogether. But, you know, 18, 19 year old kids out there, I don't know about you, but when I, you know, 18, 19, what do you really know? You're not ready. Definitely not ready. You're just starting mm -hmm. life. So, yes. uh, so JW, so that you go through this uh, military experience and you come back and uh, mm -hmm. it's like you just jump right back into action. You, you uh, um, joined the police force, right? And uh, um, So I came home towards the end of 2003 after I was part of the invasion of Iraq in okay. 03. And um, it was in the, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when you, w when I was there, um, it's different now, but when I, when I, when I was deployed, you spent um, a few hours up to 24 hours in Kuwait, which is just south of Iraq. And you're there, you know, as a staging thing, and then boom, we were going. So this was the invasion. So the guys now spent months in Kuwait getting used to the heat because you're talking about 130, 140 degrees, right? The Dang. summers, 130, yeah, it's unbelievable. So I spent about 20 some odd hours in Kuwait, and the very next morning, in the middle of the night, we we were invading Iraq. Um, but when we had just landed in Kuwait. Um, my, I was a platoon sergeant, so my platoon was looking to me to tell them where we're going to go, set up, whatever the case is. What's the word? What's the plan of attack here? I didn't have any, so I'm looking around trying to get some information from my higher-ups when all of a sudden you hear these air sirens. Really loud. They're coming in every single direction. I didn't know what it was. My Marines are looking at me like, what do you got? And I'm like, I don't stand by, hold on. And I see that other guys who had been there a few hours before us, they're running in one direction. So one in Rome, mm -hmm. two as the Romans. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we start running in their direction and I'm noticing that they're also taking out, uh, we carried around our, our waist, um, a gas, gas mask holder. So they're ripping open their holder, they're donning and clearing their gas mask, and they're going into this thing. So we follow suit, and where we go to, literally, uh, this is no exaggeration. If you could imagine a huge bulldozer on Coney Island pushing walls of sand, maybe about eight or ten bus lengths uh, long, in the middle of that, there's a small opening, and on the other end of that, other side of it, there's another eight, ten bus length, you know, long sand of wall. That was our bunker. Wow. From these, right. So we're there, we're looking, we're laying flat on the ground, looking up to the sky with our gas masks on. It's hot. My face is like, my mask is filling up with sweat. I hear guys praying because those, the air sirens are scud missiles that were being thrown from Saddam Hussein in Iraq into Kuwait to try and stop us from even, from even getting into Iraq. And that repeated itself over and over and over. And each impact of those missiles, the, the grains of sand started to first shake, then they started to come off the ground from each impact. That's how close they were hitting. It was in those moments, number one, you feel everything from fear to, to frustration to, to real anger. And um, 
Again, my Marines are to the left and right of me. Some are vomiting in their mask. Um, some are praying. Some people, you know, are just quiet. I'm, I'm having a moment where I'm seeing like images in my mind, like a movie wow. of everything that I had ever wanted to do and try and never did. And I thought about my mom and dad. I thought about Sunset Park. I thought about everything within flashes, within seconds. And one of those things was this kid who really loved to act and sing, but was too chicken shit to pursue it. Mm. And so it was at that moment that I, I decided if I make it the fuck out of here. Now, mind you, this is just my first few hours in country. I still have a whole six months in Iraq to get through. But I said at that moment that if I make it through, I'm going to pursue my dreams. I'm never going to feel this way again. Fuck this. This is, this is horrible. And so that's a long intro to my answer to the question you asked. But essentially, when I came back from Iraq, I, um, I had to battle another demon. And that was post-traumatic stress. So, yeah, so post-traumatic stress took a really strong hold on me. I met a young lady who... Uh, who I wound up marrying and the police department did call about, I don't know, three months later, I became a cop. Um, and a few months after that, I had another moment where I remembered that night in Kuwait and I, oh, wow. I made a promise and I turned to my brand new wife who was pregnant with my son, my first son. I said, I think I want to be an actor. You <laughs> 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 like, what? We need your father. <laughs> We need your At the end of the day, it's better to be shot with blanks than with shot with shooting with real bullets. You understand know what I'm saying? The right ain't nothing fake about that. No, Jay, Jay, I gotta applaud you on that though. That that you talk about putting things into perspective. That 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 moment of clarity to understand is like you know this is my life. You only have one goal at this, and not to really to maximize on what you wanted to do in life, it's okay to fail, but you have to attempt it. If you don't attempt it, you always have that doubt. And it's like, wow, what could have happened if I pursued it? And Chris, I don't want to go, I don't want to go past his, uh, his story without saying that. Um, he earned the combat action ribbon and the Navy Marines award. We're looking at a decorated military manager and, um, oh, man. to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, man, that story gave me chills, Jay. <laughs> I come when I tell you my stories, you don't tell me you got chills. I told you I had a purple heart and never left the city. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a cool purple heart. So I, I, you know, I, I did some research on you, and I, and I heard early on how you were talking about how it was really difficult to, you know, try to audition for these roles because you really didn't have a lot of background in acting, but you kind of, um, kind of filled in the gaps as you was going on. Um, you want to tell us any funny stories? You know, first time out at auditions yeah. that were left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, so again, I, I told my wife that um, <laughs> I want to be an actor, right? And so she was like, oh, you know, oh, okay, you know, what now? <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I was on, I was working uh, on the on the police department job, and I on where I worked at there was a newsstand. So I, I bought this newspaper that 
somebody told me I should check it out. It's called Backstage. And yeah. Backstage was where all the actors had like, you know, listings for for gigs and stuff and advice. And so I bought this thing and in the back of the help wanted, they were casting all these movies and stuff. And there's a lot of scams in there too. Uh-huh. I made a lot of mistakes. I should say that right now, Chris and Lou, <laughs> in the beginning of my career. Um, I didn't do any porn or nothing like that. It's funny you say porn, because you said backstage. I'm thinking backstage. Back, back, you know. <laughs> uh, you want me to do what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I bought this thing and and um, I I circled it, you know, and it had an address and I showed up and um, I'm there and I'm just like a fish out of water. I've never done this before. There's a, a thing where you sign in your name, you know, in order. So I, I sign in my name because that's what everybody else is doing. And I'm waiting and they give everybody like a piece of paper with some some like a, like a they call them sides it's like a page of the script and so i'm auditioning for some character or whatever and the lady comes out and she says okay who's next um jw and i'm like right here how are you <laughs> it's like okay headshot and so I, I legit had a moment where i looked at her i said you want me to show you how to do a headshot <laughs> Because as the Marine, a headshot. <laughs> she looked at me. the hell out of her. Yeah, she looked at me. She goes, oh, I wish I knew who she was. But she was very sweet. Oh, sweetie, you don't know what that is, right? I go, I don't think we're talking about the same thing. What is that? She's like, you know, your, your picture. I'm like, okay, where do, I, where do I go to get that? She's like, oh, you don't. You have to go and like meet a photographer. It's like a whole process. Yeah, yeah. I, so I didn't know what I was doing, man. And um, I wound up not auditioning because I didn't have anything that they needed. I didn't even know. So I did a lot of like really bad short films for, with student directors, you know, directors who, you know, or students who want to be directors and a lot of low budget stuff in the beginning. I didn't really care though, you know, because I was fulfilling my promise. Exactly. I was exactly. having fun. I didn't, you know, you could have told me, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, all right, this is amazing. And, um, but after a while, you know, I'm seeing these other actors and I'm like, I, I want to do that. Absolutely. How do I, how do I get those? Like, I want to get those big parts. How do I do that? You know? And so, you know, you know, you talk to Papo, Mira, Papa, what you do is this, bro. Mira. <laughs> Yo conozco un tipo, bro. I know this guy. You don't got to wait online. You go straight to the front. Yeah. Bye bye, right to the top, bro. Nah, fucking Spielberg. Oh, man. So, man. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 I saw him first in Gotham. I saw Gotham. him because I saw him in Gotham and then. I, because I, I I'm a fan I was a fan of Gotham, and then I saw him I think in Power and I'm like, and when Lou told me you were from Sunset I'm like oh shit I seen this guy all the time man it's like I yes, grew sir. up with him. That's <laughs> right. Funny story. That's right. So I'm I'm watching Power yeah. with my wife right and I'm watching Power with my wife and it's that scene with you and Tommy in the car and um oh no I, before that Tommy's like yo you guys don't talk English and then you go yeah I talk English. I spoke <laughs> I'm telling my wife, I said, hey, I know that guy. She goes, yeah, you're full of shit. Don't give me something. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that. But um, now we now hey Lou, now you have proof. Now you have proof. She still doesn't believe. That's right. <laughs> so um, so JW, what what was your first big, um, big gig, and you know how did it come about? Like, was it a reference or somebody saw your work or you know how does that play out? Um, I think like every other actor, you know, um, I thought I had it all figured out. I didn't need to go any school. I'm like a natural talent, right? Whatever. But at some point, you, you know, that's not going to work. It's not, yeah. you know, this, this is a, this thing is really, you're playing the long game if you want to be an actor, right? Mm -hmm. You want to play the long game. It's almost like somebody saying to you, look, I'm not going to work ever because I know I'm going to hit the lottery. You're going to think they're crazy, you know, because people, some people do. But the probabilities are against you. And so people who make it overnight in acting, um, those that do, they're, it's like hitting the lotto. But where are they now? Usually, you know, the industry exposes you as not being um, very talented. So I wound up applying some of this mindset that I had with the Marines about working hard, having discipline. You're never out of the fight. There's always a way to win. And I said, okay, if I apply that mentality to acting, what do I got to do? Well, I got to get training. I got to get some real fucking serious training. I got to know where my favorite actors trained at. So I did that. I went on the internet. I did a couple, you know, Google searches of, of my actors. And I saw that there was a school that popped up. It was called uh, William Esper Studios in Midtown on West 38th Street. At the time, I was working as a cop in Grand Central Terminal. And when I went to this school, it was life-changing. It wasn't life-changing because I was learning how to act. It was life-changing because I was dealing with someone that I hadn't dealt with in a long time. That was myself. Okay. That was myself, right? So I literally was working um, full-time as a cop and being a dad and a husband, and I would run, take off my uniform throw it in my locker and i would run across town because i worked on 42nd and park avenue i had to get to 38th between 7th and 8th avenue go across town because i had to be there at exactly 7 30 or my teacher would just tell us you know you can you can go home you can play that wow. go, go wow. it's very very tough and <laughs> it was it was life-changing so when i started to act um, to train as an actor, things started to happen for me. I had worked, you know, little one line, two liners, under fives. They call them under fives because you have under five lines mm -hmm. on little shows here and there, a couple of independent movies here and there, but not the really meaty stuff that I wanted. And gotcha. so when I started training, things started to happen. I got out of my own way, right? And I said, oh, shit, okay, all right. This is, this is what the craft is, you know? And my teacher said something that I'm going to say something right now. So maybe one of your listeners who are thinking about doing it will see it from this perspective. We, we see these ballerinas at the Met. We hear these, these alto sopranos sing opera, these tenors. We, um, we see Floyd Mayweather doing his thing, right? Slipping punches left and right. Um, sculptors, you name it. People who have to spend years before they can make it look easy. We assume it takes a lot of hard work and we assume uh, I dig it, but I, I can maybe try it, but I won't be as good as him or her because I haven't spent the time in it. 
Acting is the one thing that everybody who watches it at some point, mostly everybody says, I can fucking do that, mm-hmm. right? But I would argue and say that of all of painting, sculpting, dancing, you name it, the hardest is acting truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Taking words off a piece of paper and putting out a performance like Denzel did in Training Day is is masterful craftsmanship. And that takes years to get there. To make it believable. To make it, to make it, and you know what? You mentioned Denzel. Um, uh, he's one of my favorite, top three favorite actors, but because he, he makes you believe that because his role. He believes. Exactly. So I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, he makes you believe. Like in training day, I'm looking at, yo, this motherfucker, this, this dude is real. He's a, he's a ruthless, uh, corrupt cop. And I'm yeah. believing it. Same thing uh-huh. in John Q. You know, uh, a, a worried father. That that movie killed me. Like I when I the little boy to... says, "You're my hero." Oh, oh. I got choked up. JW. I was I like, is this, fucking, "Is this Dustin here?" <laughs> I said, the, the I said, "Yo, the pollen is high. The pollen is high." My wife is like this, like this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he went like this and they went like that and I'm like wow um, that's towards the end of the movie destroy me but that's what I'm saying so I understand what you're saying and remember it's easy to see oh wow Denzel Denzel makes it look easy but we don't know the time and hours and 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 and, and, and that he put in you know uh, 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 these uh the classes that he had to take you know it's just, you know, it's, it's very easy to, to, to watch the final product and say, oh, yeah, like you said, I could do that. Hey, Chris, right. hey, Chris I'm sorry. No, I'm not, I, I could quick. do that shit. <laughs> I know Papo. He, he put yeah. me on. <laughs> hey, AJW, we're kind of, we're against a hard out here in four minutes. And mm-hmm. I wanted to give you the opportunity to, you know, plug anything you have work going on any future projects or current projects that you're working on that you want to let the people know about before uh, we cut off? You know, coronavirus has shut down the entire industry. So right now there's nothing really going on. I'm, oh, I'm so back. You, and so you're back on with us next week. I'm back on with you guys. That's <laughs> yes! It. Yes! That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, bro. So, as far as acting goes right now, there's a couple of things. Um, I was about to start a movie um, this year, which has now been put on hold probably until next year. It's called The Patrolman. I play a guy named John Morales. Very excited about that movie. I'm the lead in that feature film. Oh, nice. And oh, we, wow. had, um, yeah, we had strong interest from Sony and uh, a stellar cast, man. Um, John Ortiz, Isa Morales, um, Rosario Dawson was possibly in line to play my wife. So I was, I was, you know, I was getting ready and, and eating, you know, cabbage and, and drinking water. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, I hope you're alone there, but when you get to kiss Rosario, just, you know, give a little, you know, you know, just a let her know extra. you from Sunset. I'm like, this is for Chris. Yes, yes. Uh, right. Hey, Jay, that's when you got to pull out. Retake. You got to do this over right, again. Right, right. I can't work like this. I didn't find. I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. We got to do it again. My hey. wife would be like this. But I can take off. <laughs> you didn't no. feel it? Yeah, I can't. Right. 
Hey, uh, hey, yes, J-Dub, it's been an uh, absolute delight to catch up with you, brother. Um, I, I can't, I can't commend and applaud you for the humbleness and you know just your, you know your path, the road you travel to where you're at now. And I'm, I'm so happy that a guy that I knew that grew up in our neighborhood is doing so well and still makes himself brother i wish you nothing but the best anytime you yeah. have something you want to plug please send it to me. i'll be more than happy to promote it and i wish you continued success brother take care thank you so much it's been a pleasure always have uh have my number use it Definitely. god bless you guys thank you so thank much you. also care, thank brother. you for not putting a restraining order on lewis for <laughs> stalking you man <laughs> i'm sorry i blocked you <laughs> And much success, man. Very Thank proud you guys. Of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Abrazos, bro. Take care.